0: I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, Customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number. Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats. What? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503 sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. And welcome to AFL Tonight, Arenafan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, in his radio voice, along with my co host, as usual, Ben Fritzinelli. John Stark.
1: Oh, oh my God. Very <laughs> I guttural. I don't... Very on brand.
0: I was wondering what you were gonna be doing there, John. <laughs> uh we are, fellas, Arena Bowl's done. We got a new champ. Um and obviously it's sad to see that the that the uh, you know the season has come to an end, but from what we saw, what we heard, um it looks like the off season we'll be hearing more this early off season fingers crossed uh then in years past um but hey that's seasons begin seasons end there's not really much we can do about it right right guys
1: we can't stop the season from ending and that's become clear as much as we've tried it's never succeeded um i remember last year you sort of held this one man protest outside times union center it was it, it didn't work it let's just be honest it didn't work but we tried. And AFL China tried to help us out and give us another league in the offseason, but that didn't work either. Although, we hear tryouts are coming soon, you. I hear rumblings. I hear rumblings. AFL China followed me on Twitter three days ago. Oh, did they? Yeah, that means they're active.
0: Ah, nice. Nice. Scoop. Uh, so first and foremost, we want to congratulate the uh, the 2019 champions, the Albany Empire, they went in and they beat the Philadelphia Soul 45-27. Um, we'll talk about the game in a, in a couple of minutes here, guys. But uh, we want to at least, leading up to the game, there are a few more of the uh, postseason or, or, or season awards that were given out since we last did the podcast. And we want to we wanna talk about them. And I want to know what you guys think. Uh, because... Um, yeah I just curious to know if you guys are if you guys really agree with what was what was yeah, given out we're
1: or if you uh oh, I feel we're a hot pissed. take. I, I mean. don't think, I don't think we're pissed I don't think any of our takes are going to be scorching hot, but keep going.
0: <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> see if anybody is is uh, kind of like achieved on uh, what uh, what was chosen so'm um, trying to remember where we
1: left off uh, <laughs> um, the only awards we haven't discussed are the major ones was the yeah band? the MVP. Yeah. Defensive the, Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, that's right. and the coaches and coaches, and coaches. Okay, yes. Let's
0: let's go ahead and start with the coaches then. Uh, for the assistant coach of the year, it went to uh, Albany's OC uh, Les Moss, and the Markham Moss head coach of the year went to Clint Dozell. Uh, in our choices, uh, did, I can't remember. Did any of the three of us? I know some of somebody might have might have chosen Clint Dozell. Maybe that that was Harrison, but. Yes. What was your thought on Clint Dozell getting the head co- uh, getting the head co- uh, head coach of the year nod compared
1: to say like Rob Keefe? I, I I don't I mean look I love Coach Clint Dozell and I think he's you know a, a beacon in this league right. he's one of our he's one of our staples right. a rock a bedrock of the AFL but yeah, he's this the, he, season he's, I mean he's the American, you, he's the American Giancarlo uh, Rencati. he exactly exactly we'll get into that later <laughs> um, but. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm kind of shocked. I feel Rob Keefe was snubbed, possibly on purpose, mm-hmm. uh, by either angry voters or the league not wanting to reward his uh, fiery behavior this season. I don't really know. It's kind of hard to. It's hard to deny what Coach Keefe did this season, and so it it only leaves you with feeling like something may have been intentionally. I know. Overse- Was, I,
0: I mean, wasn't it true? I mean, I don't think Coach Keith got it when they won the Arena Bowl either. When they came back in the in 2010, he's got yeah. a bone to pick. I don't know. I, I, what about you, John? I mean, do you, it, you, Do you see? It, does it? What does what
2: Ben say have merit, or do you disagree? I think there's many sides to this because we saw how many individuals won awards from the two teams that went to the arena bowl yeah it, there's there can't be so much disparity that there's a landslide for albany but at the same time i felt you know i said i felt like coach benji should have been coach of the year and i think clint dozel was very deserving i mean he brought his team to the arena bowl yeah, you know? keep
1: it. Keep in mind, this voting happened uh, before the before the playoff. The playoff. So at right, point, right. The soul had completely turned around their season. They had. They yes, were streaking hottest team in the league.
2: Maybe, Still turned adults, around the team like, from the beginning of the season.
1: So I'd say at that point, when people were voting, Clint Dozell absolutely was a very viable uh, choice there. Based on yeah, absolutely. Anatomy. I mean, I'm, I I want to
0: say, why do you give a coach who's only two games above 500? But then again, they gave it to.
2: You know, they gave the coach Smith last year, and look what their record was. So, uh, you know, I said earlier on too, I felt like Rob Keefe was sort of too obvious. You know, the the team, the Albany Empire, is so coachable and so good that it would almost be astonishing if they weren't where they were at when the voting happened. Right. So. To say, Rob... But it's like, who put gets, together
1: that team? I mean, it all goes exactly. down to the coach. I don't know.
0: I know. Yeah, actually, two years in it a does. row. Two years in a row, the coach that has won the won the uh, Head Coach of the Year Award has been 7-5. and five.
1: That's crazy.
2: So, that is so,
0: unusual. So, so, the best coach did not get it, which this year we have actually seen, and I have to use this as a reference, because I think it's actually a good reference. I don't usually reference indoor football much, but uh, Coach Guy... For the Arizona Rattlers over in the IFL, he went perfect in the regular season, but he didn't win the Coach of the Year award.
2: So Right, so how are we gauging Coach of the Year then? Uh, yeah, And that's a good example. Yeah. I don't know. I mean last year was
0: a one one you know, was a one win difference, but I think the brigade Coach Smith last year did deserve it.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: This year and i was not saying Coach Dozel did not, but I'm just I'm just trying to understand It's a head turner. Was it was it Keith's fine? Was it his antics that soured uh the voters, the media. Who you know, whichever whoever got the choice the 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 chance to
2: vote. Well, that's like saying who do you think Coach Keith could have been a candidate in two thousand and, and uh eighteen? Definitely. Yeah. So why why would I, he have not been voted coach of the year last year?
0: I actually thought I think I'd, I think I had to go back into our choices. I I think I was I was giving it to uh Coach
2: Keith that year also.
1: Let's put it Uh, this way. It will remain a mystery. Guys, I
2: guess it, I mean, it will. Let's put it this way. I don't want to speculate too long. Yeah,
1: all we can do is move on. I
2: know.
0: I'll just leave it with this. I'll just leave it with this. In
2: 2010,
0: when Rob Keith brought Spokane to his first, you know, uh, Arena Bowl and won, he was 13 and three. He was 13 years old. Yeah. He was 13 and three that year and he didn't win. Anyways. Uh, after that, we have the um, we have the defensive player of the year went to James Romain. Did anybody have any issues with that
1: at all? Because nope.
0: I, I know some people did. <laughs> it wasn't us.
1: Are we talking coffee? Yes. Yeah. That was fun. You know the Joe Powell argument, but I, 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 it's, hard, it's hard to have any problem with the Romaine pick here yeah. when you just distill it down to what he means for the league what he did this year, uh, you know, being a leader of that defense and And how they came in down the stretch. I mean, it just makes sense.
2: And we got to take it back to how we were just talking about how it's regular season performance. Right. I mean, I'm not discrediting Joe Powell at all. He had an absolutely phenomenal regular season. Joe Powell turned up even more in the postseason, and I think that may be a reason why he's a question mark.
0: Okay. Agreed. That's fair. I, yeah, I, I had no issue with that one. Uh, offensive Player of the Year went to Malachi Jones.
1: Any? This either? is this is interesting. Cause, cause, I mean, I I, I I think we yeah.
0: didn't we all not choose Malachi for I offensive play of the year? Yeah, that's no, true. I, yeah. I picked
1: Arvell. Yep, yeah, I did too. On you picked um, Tommy Grady. Tommy Grady. Yeah, you switched, so you switched it. Yeah, you switched it. I, I I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of ways to look at this, but I think Malachi was sort of. That ultimate weapon and although Sims really took over as the crazy deep threat chuck it up catching it you know one kind of receiver you know Malachi still is like the shining star of the AFL And, and that can't be forgotten he's he's very much a huge part of the AFL's brand and one of the faces of the league and so I think he does get somewhat of an edge there On top of him being an incredible player, right? And I think it only helps that you know awards mean nothing; they're just trophies, really. And we're always going to have problems, and they're completely subjective. And I think if given that, it's it's nice that Malachi Jones won a major end season award. Yeah, I mean, for me, I I don't have any issue,
0: you know, with him winning it. To me, it was a it was a a race between him and Narvel. I'm. You know, I'm curious to know how close that voting was.
1: Yeah, I mean that. I do feel bad for Arvell, Obviously, I think he's the one player who's just like completely left out here, who totally deserved something. But yeah. there were just so many good. I mean, we're still like we keep saying we're still in the All Star League. Yeah, we're still in a league with six teams, a extreme density of incredible players, and yeah. so this stuff will just happen naturally. Yes, no, I, I
2: agree. John, any issue? I mean, what you two have said is basically the same way I feel. Yeah. yeah, I don't even want to sum it up. It's that's just how it is. No, not. I, I, yeah, I get it. Hot damn. I get it. <laughs> Hot
1: damn. Ah. Hot damn. We did it, Tim.
0: We did it. And last but not least, when it comes to the awards for the year, uh, it was the most valuable player, uh, and it went to Tommy Grady. Um, it. He seemed to be the guy for the entire year. I know, as I said, John, I think you chose an Arvell Nelson. Um, but uh, I don't think... we. None of us really had... I don't think ha- have any issues with, with Tommy Grader being named the most valuable player. John, do you agree with that?
2: No, I definitely agree with it. Um, I don't see any reason to disagree, especially after the amazing season he had, and even more so now his performance in the postseason. Ben?
1: Yeah, I think it's just perfect. I mean... Like John said, especially given what just happened, you know, obviously the voting took place before the playoffs, but there's something very neat about the bow that him being MVP, you know, ties on this season. And overall, just when we look back at this, we're just going to be like, oh, yeah, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And honestly, same with the Malachi thing. You know, I think this is the Empire's season, and there's a lot of good dramatics, but having these figureheads of Albany be you know holding these titles I think it's it's good for for the history books yeah uh,
0: he is the first back-to-back uh most valuable player winner in league history it's his third he ties nick davila for uh for uh with three awards uh but yeah I mean it's he's he's obviously he cemented himself in in uh, uh AFL lore so it's uh, I don't think there's any issue at all with uh with what we uh, with what we saw and what they what they did this year, you know, there are a couple of you know a couple of, of, of head scratches I think when it came to some of the awards, but um you know again uh you know league uh, next year you know uh, please add us, we'll be more than happy to take take part. Please add me. Yes, and if we can be the uh, uh we can be the tiebreaker, we'll be more than happy to be.
1: Yeah, hopefully we've earned it after screaming into the microphone. You know, aggressively for several weeks. That's right, for several weeks, and for almost
0: for you guys, for almost forty episodes. So, whoa,
2: Jupiter. that's
0: right, two 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 years, two seasons. Yeah, yep. wow. There go there go people's levels. I hope you were listening to that on the car. Um, maybe I'll give some sort of warning in the uh, in the in the show notes. Please um, <laughs> <this is> do. <good. laughs>
2: I don't think you did when you blocked that
0: kick. No, because I didn't know that was coming until I actually heard it. <laughs> so it was like, but it was, anyways. <laughs> cake. Cake. um So it was in Albany, you know. With where the, do we start? Yeah, where do we start, are right, right. tackling the arena ball right yeah, now. I want to hear. It. Well, but I think what, the first thing that we want to do before we tackle arena Bowl and, ta- and tackle media day is we have to start with uh, with one of the um, one of the goals that we had that I brought up literally almost a year ago to the day when it was talking about the uh, GoFundMe for for Giancarlo. Um, and bringing him here to Arena Bowl. Um, all I can say is the gentleman, which, by the way, Ben, you and I uh, are totally surprised at how old this gentleman is. <laughs>
1: yeah, bring
0: that up. Yes, I, I have to. Um, John, let's put it this way. He's
2: older
1: than me. Um, and the, the gentleman is in well, his... Let the listeners guess what that means. Yes. <laughs> well,
2: if he's older than my father i will be shocked how old is your father my father is 72 no he's, okay no. he's
1: not older than no, your father he's not older than your that's father. honestly way over yeah. and my <laughs> idea john carlo is a young man yeah yeah by that yeah but yeah
0: uh he, he's in his mid-50s okay yeah okay but the the gentleman does not look it in any way shape or form um but the
1: he he was you know i think he was just in awe right ben I mean, yeah. I mean, it was amazing to watch the experience through his eyes. Um, you know, a lot of what was happening, he couldn't quite describe yeah. because you know English is the second language. And yeah. but in his expressions and any time he could sort of muster up a way to really describe what he was feeling, it was just like so obvious that he was having a very emotional moment every time he was seeing something new, and he was treated so well. I oh, mean, yes. Everybody, I mean, he was the celebrity of of every event. He was. Of the media day. Everyone was shaking hands, taking photos. Uh, He was just loving it. For some reason, he wasn't wearing an arena football shirt. He wore an Adidas (laughs) shirt to the Arena Bowl. I know. (laughs) I know. I can't believe it. Um, But it was so cool. Giancarlo. Mio ragazzo. Mio fratello. It was fantastic spending a weekend with you, buddy. Yeah. He is the nicest
0: guy. The first thing that he wanted to do... Uh, when I, I got off the bus, is you know, it well, like you do with old friends, it was like old friends, right, Ben? It, yeah, it really was. You know, uh, you know, big bear hug or whatever. It's just it, that's, and it's like he kept on saying because I don't know if you if you heard him, Ben. He kept saying either
1: to Scott or myself, uh, "You need to make you need to pinch me because I need to make sure that this is real." Yeah, he kept wanting us to physically abuse him. I think that was the only <laughs> weird thing about the weekend. <laughs> kept asking for beatings i I mean I didn't do it, but I'm sure you did behind closed doors
0: mm,
1: no um,
0: but um uh, we, we'll have a message from him at the end of the show uh he wanted he We wanted to, him to say in his ho- in his own words how he felt so we'll we'll do that but uh yeah the the, the man was a rock star he was the the celebrity as you said and people yeah. people who didn't know him knew him if you know what I mean it's like if you didn't you may have not known Giancarlo but they somehow knew about you it's like oh yeah that's you type of thing yeah that was awesome so um I you know just a, a shout out again uh, I'm Giancarlo we 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 loved having you here we're glad that it was your first ever game Um and uh, we hope it doesn't take 29 years for you to to join us again. So, um, yeah. So, so media day. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't know why I don't know where to go with that. So just media day. Um, yeah. Uh, media day was pretty cool. Um, I, I don't know. It, was it different than most media days? Obviously, than Philadelphia being late because they, there were some some traffic or bus issues or something like that. Oh, and the, Ben, did you tell John about the poor guys from in the IR? It was the IR bus. Did you tell him about the van? Oh yeah, they got yeah they they
1: got the they got the tough bus.
0: They really did. Um, with all of with some of the uh, um, some of the teams uh, luggage and stuff like that that they needed, um, their their bus broke down, John. Uh, <laughs> The van broke down. Oh,
2: gosh. Yes. Yeah. They missed media day? I I, I think they did.
0: I think they did. Or they they got there late. Yeah. Yeah. They got there late. So (laughs) by the time we went back to the the hotel afterwards, I think their bus was there or the van was there. So Um, Ben, what what was your thought of what media day was like? And by the way, first and foremost, uh, John, we missed you. Um, we wanted. Yes, we we missed you not being there. Um, we know that there was a an emergency that you had to you had to take care of, um, but we know you were there in spirit. I don't, did you actually see his apparition, Ben?
1: I did uh, several times. It was pretty spooky. Yeah. Um, he came in the form of Harrison Brown, <laughs> uh, which was great, and there was some astral projections and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it worked out in that way. That's perfect. But yes, John. Of course, we missed you, um, and in regards to the media day events, uh, I think my biggest takeaway about the vibe of that whole experience was the AFL over the last few years, just because of everything that's happened, you know, teams dropping out, ple- people being scorned, uh, the league contracting, and now it's expanding again. And everyone sort of went through quite an experience together. Yeah. Hell for some people, others, it was just keeping strong and keeping a positive attitude and getting through it. And, and, it seemed like every single person who was present at media day was part of that family that stuck together yeah. for all those years, yeah. and and it wasn't there weren't a lot of randos there. You know, pretty much everywhere you looked, it was a familiar face and a, a someone you'd talked to a million times or someone that worked for a team, and, and it was a very contained thing which i thought was kind of interesting because albany's obviously crazy about this team so i kind of expected there to just be like tons of random media outlets there and and there was there was news crews and stuff but in general it was like it was like thanksgiving it honestly felt like just hanging out with family and that and that was that was really awesome
0: yeah yeah yeah. we've we've used the term the hashtag arena and the term arena football family before and, and i agree with you because it was a mixture of old and new I mean, even with Eddie Brown being there, that to me was just phenomenal. Being yeah, able, yeah, Eddie
1: just hanging out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Being able to being able to take a picture with Eddie Brown. I know you guys got to do it last year, but fi- I was able to finally take a picture with Eddie Brown. You know, basically twenty years to the day. You know, a gentleman that I had watched since I started watching arena football, and it, it was just a it was just a, a pure pleasure. And uh, you know, I, I went, I went, I didn't go fanboy because I got you know I have to be. Yeah, I You're had to be per, 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 well, either or, uh, but I had to be—you uh, know—I I just had to be professional about it. But it was—it was nice meeting and talking to him. So it's—and they included it. That, that's the other thing too, Ben, is that they included yeah. Eddie. They had him up sta- uh up on stage, uh, you know, and they—they they allowed him if he wanted to to say something. Yeah. Um, what was what was your thought? Is uh, you know, over the years. It's always been a state of the league address from the commissioner, um, but that has changed most recently. Obviously, since Randall Bowe uh, has become um, has become commissioner, and it's been more put on uh, obviously uh, Ron Jaworski. Um, but it just seems that the leading in from Commissioner Bowe to Jaws always seems to be the highlight. And I think you, I said this to you before, is that I'm waiting for the hype speech <laughs> from Jaws. Because something yeah. about what how jaws does it will get
1: anybody hyped
0: about this game
1: and that that's yeah. what,
0: that's what I just loved
1: yeah jaws is a is a master orator I mean he he's he's incredible at using inflections pauses uh he he knows the crowd is is putty in his hands and he just he knows how to work a crowd I mean he's an unbelievable speaker so to have a person like that be one of the, you know, figureheads of the league and, and to be the the voice box anytime something needs to be said, Jaws will say it. Yeah. And uh, we're so lucky to have Jaws. And and another thing I thought was interesting, and I can't, I, I guess this was on mic, maybe it was off mic, I can't really remember, but they talked about how close the league was to folding, like, multiple times. And that Jaws was essentially the savior. I think it was Clint who, or, or yeah, I think it was Clint Dozell who said... Um the league was minutes, minutes from folding, and jaws with the jaws of life kept the doors open, and that's why we were all there that day and so we're all very thankful for Jaws, obviously, and he did an incredible job of hyping us all up, yeah yeah
0: obviously we're we're thankful for him and we're, and we're for uh, for Ted Leontis also because
1: oh I mean, of course, uncle Ted, yeah we' for uncle Ted. Uncle Ted's given us our allowance money to keep playing, basically, yeah so uh, I mean any anything out of the ordinary, anything that stuck
0: out the most besides the jossing to you, Ben, when it came to media day
1: uh yeah well, I thought it was I thought it was interesting, you know, coach Moss hearing him give a speech was cool yeah. um, I thought it was interesting that uh, the soul were in- incredible suits and outfits and that the empire wearing jerseys i think that looked really weird if it was jerseys Um, jerseys and dress pants i think that's it yeah it was so odd they were booted and suited i think is how coffee put it okay um uh yeah no i i thought the overall event was just very a very warm uh inviting experience and and anyone who who was an outsider must have just thought, wow, this is a real family right now. Yeah. And they, they're they coming together and it was just a great lead into the game. And I thought another thing that was really nice was having Antoine Grant and Fabian Guerra yeah. there. And that just added a little bit of necessary diversity to the crowd yes. in, in the sense that like, yes, some other teams are being represented here and we are celebrating the league as well as these two amazing teams. So I loved having them there, loved having them at the game, but we can get into that later. And Antoine's shoes, baby. Woo! Those so shoes. Oh. Yeah. Burns and Grant, oh, they yeah. had the shoes of the night. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. But I thought it was very funny, by the way, that they uh, the first award that they announced uh, was the uh, uh, was the medical team of the year.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I know we like, joked oops. about it last week, but I was like, holy crap. I felt bad in that moment for, <laughs> for throwing so much shade, I'll, you know, jokingly, of course, but um, but yeah, it was uh, a, a mixture of media
0: day and a mixture of the of the uh, uh, of the awards. If you haven't seen it, it should still be available on the on the league's Facebook page, and I think all of it has been archived there, so you should be able to watch it uh, in its entirety. Um, for me, it was like again, it's, it's that like I said, Ben, it's like family. I got to meet some people that I really hadn't met before. I got to chat quite a bit with John Media Perel. I never really had spoken with him. Because um, Sed hadn't come into town yet either, so we weren't able to catch up with him until later. Um, speaking with Eddie, speaking with you know, wow, just just so many different people and the fans, the the, the longtime fans that, that that came out and were there representing media for other uh, other I guess non mainstream outlets that were there. It's just it's the it, alt right of the AFL, yeah, the alt right of the AFL. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it, I thought it was. I don't know something about it. Maybe maybe it was because the or with uh, Giancarlo being there also being able to experience that. Maybe that's maybe that was why it was. I felt it was a little more hype than than normal. But
1: I don't know. And just probably the history of it being Albany. I mean, yeah, that you really got the sense it was a huge deal at all times that this was happening. And that's just not the case with any other AFL market. I mean, to be fair, it's Albany is a very small town. You know people and you, you walk by people at the grocery store in the mall wearing empire gear yeah, i mean yeah. you never see that in philadelphia as much as philly does love their soul you know it's just a bigger place with way more going on and, and albany is it, it, there that was a huge part of it i think i think it was just feeling that energy in the city at all times even though it streets were completely vacant and businesses yeah. were closed yeah, uh you still felt it yeah
0: i i thought it was pretty fitting, as I mentioned um, a little while ago, that this game it was happening almost 20 years to the day. Amazing. Amazing. That the Albany Firebirds won their title in 1999. I, I just. That was. I didn't even think about that until somebody. I, I don't remember who mentioned it, but it was like,
1: oh my God, you're right. Yeah, when you hear that in 1999, you're like, wait a sec. Yeah, I know. It's like years <laughs> oh, ago. So, Limp
2: biscuit. Yeah,
1: exactly. It was Limp biscuit era.
0: So it's. <laughs> The only thing that they wasn't done, obviously, is you know usually at at media day we have a sighting of the championship trophy, um, and no, that wasn't the case here. We were we were basically given coy answers about what was going to happen. We were told that there was going to be a a reveal of this new championship quote unquote trophy uh, at ten o'clock the next morning on all socials. Um, but, uh, that, 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 and that, that's what happened.
2: So it's, uh, sounds like some sort of holiday, all socials. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All socials.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I need a day off today. I need a day off today. It's a all socials day. Um, (laughs) it's a Canadian thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's Canadian thing. Um, Uh, yeah. Canadian thing. Not actually rest of Canada, not Quebec. Anyways. um, (laughs) So then we, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll jump forward to, um, we'll actually, no, we, I want to jump forward to what we, what we did. Uh, we had, uh, you know, as usual, we have our, our yearly arena fan thing. Um, and it, it was, it wasn't that we ate anywhere. We actually decided to go ahead and, and, uh, I guess it was to order and go Ben, right? So we, we brought it back to the room and, and ate there cause we wanted to do what we you know, what we were going to do, thinking that we were going to have some interviews that week. And by the way, we did. We had reached out to Malachi, and we had and we had reached out to um, to, to to Dan Aradabaw. um I thought what was very interesting is finding out that uh, that Malachi has a game night ritual. You know how some some you know they say ah nah I'm not very superstitious, but then boom we find out that you know somebody like Malachi has some some game day. Uh, yeah, uh, game I mean, night. I wasn't, you
2: know, I wasn't, I wasn't under, under the impression it was a ritual as or mo- like more of a schedule our schedule.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think there were some sort of candles are involved in it, but um, <laughs> and some and a burning of the opposing <laughs> team's like roster hot, photos. But but it, but it was something like wax, that. Hot wax. I didn't really expect to interview any player the night before the Arena Bowl. I just figured, you know. We're we're gonna get some food. We're gonna watch some preseason NFL football. Giancarlo is gonna try his hardest to remain awake, and <laughs> yeah. and we're gonna you know get some work done for media day. And it was nice, you know, it was nice to to have like a chill night before the uh, the big day.
0: Um, uh, well, it's it's funny, but I guess after what John and I were able able to pull off last year with uh, with Warren, we were hoping that we're gonna make it a, a yearly tradition. But um, I guess basically, what, maybe what we may have to try to do is uh, is stalk the hotels, I guess, or, or so. do it at, or do it at media day, like everybody else. Yes, does, but I mean, think right, so right. you know, right. I just wanted a more of an intimate, uh, intimate setting to just to be able to uh, you know to shoot the stuff with the, with whatever player that we had. So, but yeah. um, uh, game day, you know, it was really weird. Game, day, you know, we're so used to it being well, either an afternoon game or an early or a late afternoon, but uh, an eight o'clock game really made for a day of well not only sleeping in but but waiting because <laughs> it was awesome, yeah, it, yeah, because it it wasn't like you know it's usually with game day, all three of us are literally coming in two hours before or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah, setting is cool. up and then leaving, and that wasn't the case you know we were went out had you know had had breakfast in our rooms because we knew that we couldn't go out to the could go out to the nearest Duncan because for some reason downtown seems to be completely closed on the weekends in albany um most places seem to be closed on, on in albany on the weekends um but um you know checking out at we didn't check out the the hilton that much to see what the hype was there but Everything was done properly. They had the, 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 you know, the banners up. They had the ast- – It was, it's funny you talk about astral projections. That projection.
1: <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. Yeah,
0: that projection in the, uh, in the, wow. at, the,
1: at the Hilton, that was pretty awesome. That uh, was cool. Yeah. I mean it really felt like uh, these – both hotels, yeah. which I guess both of them were kind of like official hotels yeah. of the Arena Bowl. Yeah. Both of them had, you know, Arena Bowl swag and banners and yeah. stuff. It was just – it felt very legit. And it felt like you know you were almost in a Super Bowl city, like scaled down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I,
0: I actually agree with that, on that one. I agree with you. Um, but then we then we get into the arena. Uh, that we were in there were like uh, two and a half hours before kickoff, uh, meeting up uh, with said and the team, and that was all there. Um, and uh, now, obviously, you went your own way, and I did. I did mine right before the game itself. But did you experience anything? specific that that stuck out in your mind before the game ben wow uh well
1: it was because I, I know you were of, you were kind of you were in sh- game shooting mode but I was yeah just i was i was honestly i was pretty nervous um you know i just wanted to do a really good job and so i was i was focused on trying to get you know as many shots as i could early on but also soak it in i mean i was really i loved watching the fans come in and i, I went into both locker rooms i talked to some of the guys And I didn't want to bother anyone too much, you know, because it's the Arena Bowl. However, something that surprised me about the vibe of both teams was how relaxed both of them were. And you never know. I mean, some players are like, it's the championship. I'm in lockdown mode. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, totally zeroing in on this goal right now. But... I totally didn't get that impression other, other than some players being in like war mode where they were screaming maybe more than usual. um, You know, the soul players were dancing. The locker rooms were high energy. People were just, you know, it it wasn't, it didn't feel like an arena bowl. It felt like a regular season game where guys were on, you know, Facebook live and Instagram live on their phones and just like (laughs) having a good time. And it was honestly, it took some of the stress out of the whole experience just seeing the players not be overly stressed. So I was like, "All right, if these guys aren't flipping out, then I should probably just, you know, I, I could just match their energy a little bit." Yeah. And uh, it was it was cool. It was it was cool to have a few hours to just sort of be there and be there before the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, you know, just from walking around, for me, it was meeting some of the people that I hadn't seen in quite a long time. Um, Jim, uh, for me, during the game, this during the game itself at halftime, but meeting up with Jim Malone. Uh, a gentleman who really was my contact for, you know, back in the old Firebird day, Firebird days. I hadn't seen the guy in like 20, I hadn't seen since, since the championship back in 99. So it's, you know, him, Dave Williams. Uh, oh yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave Williams. I met up with uh, Sean Albany. That, that's, that, that's yep. uh, on the boards. Met him uh, re- real briefly at the end of the game. Uh, again, meeting up with Sed and stuff like that. And seeing John, uh, John Mita Perel. Um The other thing that I think that we mentioned, what we did mention before, by the way, for Media Day, by the way, Ben, is uh, the patches look pretty sweet that they had on the uniforms representing the the Arena Bowl this year.
1: Yeah, Uh, the patches look great. Uh, they were sort of ironed over existing jerseys, like it wasn't like they had new jerseys for the arena bowl. Right. And by the end of pregame, they were peeling already. But I didn't see any patches just fly off during the game. So I think overall, nine out of ten for the patches. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Did they? I'm wondering. They put it over the Phenom Elite logo. They did actually. <laughs> the coaches, I, yeah. <laughs> the coaches stuff. It's like was just right over the Phenom logo, which I'm sure felt great. Yeah, for Nathan. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. <laughs> what was your what was your thought before the game, John because I know you 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 basically chimed in as soon as you know it's you know it seemed to be pretty fitting that the arena Bowl is there it's our championship game we're on e s p n two um you know and the game gets delayed by another <laughs> by another sporting event uh <clears throat> what when you first chimed in to watch the game john and you saw that did he just shake shake your head and said all right th- this is this is what seems to be what the arena what the arena football league is when it comes to being on television
2: I mean unfortunately I did because of what I was dealing with at home and yeah. timing was key for me yeah. but um yeah no surprise a few minutes late uh, but overall the general vibe of the game and it being on ESPN2 just the stage felt much larger uh, especially not to jump ahead, but even at halftime, like going into ESPN studios with all the AFL graphics all over. Oh, yeah, it, was it, it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah.
0: That, that, that was pretty sweet. That woman, uh, having, having a representative there from the league, uh, you know, uh, it was, uh, uh Matt Durazio. So, um, game time boys. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it, what I thought was funny, and I, I looked this stat up yeah, after after Philadelphia scored first, Ben and John, uh, in all the matchups this year versus Philadelphia, Albany had scored first. So I was like, oh, what's going to happen now? Are we going to get that amazing back-and-forth game that everybody has been hoping that we're going to get this year, one of those close, close games? And you know, with Prince scoring on that 30, 40-yard touchdown from Radabaugh— uh, I thought we were going to see a
1: shootout no matter what uh, was that is that fair to say Ben yeah I mean, I think the the game started and really until toward the end of the second quarter it it very much felt that way like maybe not a total shootout. the score wasn't crazy or anything. defense was obviously showed you know sh- defense showed up it was uh, a really great defensive game uh, for both teams early on if you're into that kind of thing yeah especially for the Empire later on but I, I I thought in the first half, yeah, we were getting that kind of game. Yeah.
2: John? Yeah, same. I felt the same way. It, it was starting to look like a real good back and forth for a while there. Yep. And then on the verge of Philadelphia taking a
0: 14-point lead with about halfway through the first quarter, Maurice Leggett pulls off a 54-yard <sighs> oh, pick six oh, Lord. to set a new Arena Bowl record. Um, what a return that was amazing and, and I will admit even seeing and I watched the replay there could have been maybe DPI uh, not nah. on the but on the defender that could have been uh, but I guess it wasn't uh, I guess it wasn't as noticeable obviously you're gonna- yeah.
1: actually Lauren took a photo it is obvious I mean oh is it a jersey is being held uh, oh I yeah the, I didn't post the photo today oh I got it really wanna- uh, yeah you gotta you gotta send, send, me to you.
2: Yeah,
0: send me the photo afterwards. yeah I wanna send we got it. A, like a hand grip a jersey know,
2: Wow. I was able to rewind it and watch it in slow mo multiple times. Um, yeah, there was there was definite interference of the defensive kind. Yeah. Okay. I, I had that feeling. I had that
0: feeling, but still, Leggett's return was absolutely phenomenal. Like I
2: Yeah.
1: Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. I was in. The, so I was in the opposite end zone, and I was kind of pissed because the cheerleaders were in the end zone right in front of me like blocking my view. I was holding my camera up on my tippy toes as high as I could hold it, like with my arms extended. Right. And suddenly we got the pick. I'm trying to hold it steady. I'm like wobbling a little bit. And the cheerleaders are, you know, running for their lives now because Maury's leg is just sprinting at them. <laughs> and so they're opening the door of the end zone during the play. Everyone's running through it. I'm getting like knocked over. Um, and, and I, before they could even close the doors, I just said, screw it. I ran onto the field. And so, like as he was celebrating, I was just like running up to, uh, running up to him with the camera. It was like the hype in the stadium was unbelievable. No, like, that was probably was, yeah. the biggest moment of hype because, uh, not that this was really the point at the game where the empire ran away with anything, but. It was the most exciting moment in the game. I mean, ultimately, the game wasn't that close. So, this was like that big turning point moment it really was. early on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've said it. The difference between being
0: four, you know, it was seven seven compared, sorry, uh, yeah, seven seven versus, uh, uh, versus 14 nothing. Right. So, that, that was huge. The first quarter, basically, the bun with a 38, another bomb from there, 38 yard touchdown almost immediately to bun. Um, and then the Quentin Sims show started. Uh, with his first three touchdowns uh, at 248 of the first quarter. Um, it was, you know, Sims two more, sorry, three more, uh, three more in the uh, in the second quarter. He just went off. Uh, by halftime, it was uh, 35-21. But I think in between, though, there were some interesting, t- you know, I think it was
1: a, at one point it was, they were trading turnovers, right, Ben? Yeah, Prince fumbled, Malachi fumbled. Um Two of essentially, you know, the star whiteouts of the that game is- made huge mistakes. And uh, it kept the game interesting. It kept the game in the mode of anything can happen. And same same with the onside kicks. Oh, God, uh, yes. There was some amazing onside kick action, which I usually hate. And in this game, it was actually super exciting. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it still felt like even at halftime, with the amount of random craziness that has happened with these two fumbles, the pick six, onside kicks, and that it was still anyone's game at half. The, the, the onside, especially the one that the, the Empire
0: got back. Oh, the Terrence Moore. Absolutely. <laughs> Nuts. If you didn't see it. It, it's it's on social over at e, on ESPN's Twitter account. It's also
2: it was
1: Sports Center's number one play. Yeah, you Center.
2: must have been living under a rock, I know, really. I know. Yeah, I know. yeah.
1: Freaks. Anyone who's listening to this podcast, if you haven't seen that play, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Um,
0: the, so uh, the Empire going into the game uh, into halftime, leading by fourteen points at halftime. John, what was your thought? Did you think that Philly was losing touch with this game, and that it it's basically a done deal or did you feel that uh that more more should have been coming in the second half for philly
2: i started to feel like they were losing touch and that they were starting to uh really lose it because of albany's crowd okay and it's gotten to the point this this season where we saw that if you get behind one or even two scores that might be it for you you know like that might be game what about you
1: yeah when you're playing the empire's defense that's a that's a huge amount to overcome it's just two scores and you're playing arena football but you know the empire's defense is so good and they did exactly what they had to do in the third quarter
0: oh yeah Uh, and i think the third quarter most mostly i mean they did what they needed to do and they got the ball back and it was um
1: just, Multiple fourth down stops. Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: that—that yeah, that was the thing. And by the way, I'm just doing a, a real quick, uh, some quick math here. Uh, the Firebirds are up by 17 at halftime over Orlando.
1: Ooh, history, baby! In
0: Arena Bowl uh, 13. So, and yes, the fourth down, the, the the two stops on Philadelphia being that deep in the uh, in the red zone. You know, it's I'm up there. I'm talking to. Uh, talking to some of the other guys who, who work for, you know, some of the other, other media sites for, for arena football. And we, we were just questioning, you know, we were making a place. So we're saying, well, wait a minute. They should be doing this. We thought, you know, Coach Dozell should be calling this, this, and this. Because you get down that close, guys, you knew Adrian Ferns was going to get the ball. And, right. And it's like Albany was in the huddle and knew what play was coming. Yeah. For both of those drives.
1: I mean, they did run the boot with Radebaugh. didn't work. Um, they did it too they, late. But Unfortunately, they th- you're, you're yeah, sure they, they did to it too late. It no. no. Uh, but, I mean, if I'm in that situation, I would have run Ferns at least twice. Oh. But it was just obvious that this front was not going to relent. I mean, Rodney Fritz was coming at it like crazy. Oh. Uh, Jeremy Richardson was on un- in unbelievable form. I mean, there was just no getting through that line. And uh, it was just an unbelievable—I mean, that, that was the game right there. Yeah, That was the whole game. Oh, it two- really was. It really was. And we, and we were surprised, too.
0: And I, I'll get to you in a second here, John. I was, I was saying, if anything, to, if they, that obviously they have to get into the end zone, and this all does. And I was saying, okay, well, send Fern—pretend like, use Ferns to his advantage. You know, There have been a couple of things this year, some plays where the fullback has gone into motion and it's been a basically a collision, but then a touchdown. That's one thing they could have tried. Well, one right,
1: or play. or a loop play with Prince, yeah, or, or a shovel pass,
0: or a shovel pass like they did in that two point convert.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, know. and last season, I mean, uh, their last Arena Bowl victory, they utilized um, offensive linemen as receivers, yeah, yeah. tight ends declaring. I mean, there was plenty they could have done there. And you're right. I mean, it, it wasn't a very creative play no, calling. No, because I, I was expecting, and I said this once. I said send ferns
0: one direction and then send dan on a naked bootleg. It, it, you know they tried that on fourth down I think on the first first time that they are deep in the end but it, it made no sense you're on fourth down. You're, and it's, I think you probably went the same direction so it didn't make any sense. So but but yeah. John when you saw basically how it seemed to be they're going carbon copy with each of these two drives what what was your thought?
2: Why not switch it up? That was my thought. Uh try something like like you just said try something different mix it up but on un- i mean unfortunately they just seem to repeat the same mistake
0: yeah it it just was it made no sense the obviously the only score in the third quarter was benson's eight yard run sorry eight yard pass um by the way what's his
1: nickname boom boom yeah boom boom love it love it oh my god i was i it was actually crazy i i i, I like ran over to that side of the field because i wanted to get you know, a shot of that end zone. And I happened to be standing next to his family. Um, His family was to my right. John Adams was to my left. And, it was unreal. It was just the craziest timing. I mean, Benson scores this touchdown. Everyone's freaking out. I oh, mean, I it. it was amazing. Oh, yeah. You were near Giancarlo's yeah. seats. Yeah. Yes, I was right near Giancarlo, right. <laughs> and uh, it was so cool to be to, – I like, just basically shook their hands, and then a second later, he scores this touchdown. Yeah. It was just an unbelievable feeling.
0: And we have to mention, too, by the way, the other players that were sitting there basically near Giancarlo and, and, uh, uh, and John Adams. Uh, it, it was uh, Kendrick Ings. In, yeah, things
1: was there. And uh, who else was with him? I'm trying to remember Kings, Grant, Guerra, yep. Craig Peterson. Yep. Uh, it, was, it was like a whole squad and it was really cool. They were right in the front. Yep, they no, were Modems. flipping out at the, the halftime show. Right. Uh, They're flipping out at the halftime show with the dog. Yep, <laughs> which I thought was kind of a weird halftime thing. I wonder if someone didn't show up, but they, they did the same um, thing as last year. They did a dog and they do dog. And then they did the guy with Simon Says. The Simons. oh right, that was last
2: year. No, last year uh, they was? had no, the This year, last year too, year but saying they the did it this year too. Wait, they had the Simon Says guy at DC's home playoff game this year. Wait, Simon game this year. Wait, that Simon Says guy is an absolute yeah. legend. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a yeah. monster, dude. A
0: monster. I didn't get to see much of it because I was that was. <laughs> <shuffling>, <laughs> he's a monster. Yeah, John. so, but it's
1: yeah, it's he's kind of savage, and it was
0: great. And those other players, you know, they were just sitting there idly on their hands. They when I was
1: sitting down there in the third quarter, they were just going at it yeah you know it was so cool yeah and and it was really nice uh you know we've talked about in in the past i would say a few years ago uh, and we talked about this recently the afl having some trouble creating stars out of its players and branding their players and making sure there's faces of teams uh that are consistent and stay around and so i think nothing you know that was just a perfect perfect strategy a perfect thing to do put these guys right up front these are the faces. You know, you could do a little TV cut to them, and and these are the future stars of our league. They were the rookies of the year that were in these front two seats. So, and not
2: only that, awesome. the in- the intro to the game on ESPN two had clips from Media Day with the award winners, oh, okay. like That's awesome. yeah, like making comments and saying things about the league, yeah. As, like, a mini hype up video. Oh, that's cool. Oh, cool. I have to cool. Back Excuse back. me. Let's
1: yeah. go back. <laughs> to yeah, back. they had this at Media Day. I forgot about this. They had this black curtain separating <laughs> half of the field. You're right, yeah. And on the other half of the field, there was an ESPN crew, and they basically. Brought the players over to that side and had them like do a bunch of rehearsed lines, which I thought was pretty funny.
2: Yeah, that was probably what they aired. What yeah. I was talking about. Yeah. Uh, okay. 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 Uh, fourth quarter. Um,
0: it, it was basically fifth completed. Outlaw, who really was quiet for a lot of the game, outlaw did get his get a touchdown. It's very surprising that they didn't try to go to him more than they did. His uh, three yard pass. Um, uh, but the uh, kick was kick block kick. Um, block kick block kick. Yep. Yeah. And then Trevino kicks the first successful field goal in the Arena Bowl in six years. Amazing. And I and I
1: anyone it. deserves an attempt. What are you saying, did John? What are you saying, John?
2: I did call it. I called it last week. Oh, you're true. That's yes, right. You did. Yeah. You did. But that was based on that betting line.
0: And, um, you know, if I, and somebody pointed this out to me, too, for the very first time, the Arena Bowl ended on a knee down. <laughs> Wait, what? It ended on Anita. Oh, right. Cause it couldn't have before. Yeah. 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 Sure.
1: Very fun. That's really interesting actually.
0: Um, so I mean, afterwards, uh, we posted a, uh, a video on social media. Uh, I, I dubbed it Fandemonium because, um, the fans just, you know, what? it's like, Oh, there are boards here. There's here. I'm on the other side of my seats. Yeah. I don't care. I'm going to go over these boards. Um, was it because I I lost where you were, Ben? You, <laughs> I you, got what, swallowed in the crowd. I'm saying, were you swallowed in the crowd, or were you trying to get back to where they were? Because they they had set it up properly. It's funny. It's like they, I had a feeling that they knew because they they, yes. they they had security guards there with two sets of of areas where you could and you couldn't go. Yeah. Um, what what was were you lost in there for a little bit, or did you get?
1: Well, back? it was it was a really incredible moment. I'll just sort of walk you through what the sequencing. Okay. So. Uh, as the as the clock is expiring, there's about let's say a minute left. Everybody knows what's going to happen. Yeah. You know the empire are going to win. I run across the field, grab the camera that I'm going to use post game, and I basically ju- I just went to the empire bench. And everybody's already celebrating. Like the the team is already celebrating. The players on the field are already celebrating. Keith is standing up on the wall. Yeah. You know two fingers up. Yeah. Um. I was on the field like eight yards behind Grady when he kneeled down, and my goal was basically just to. Stay with the players. You know, I didn't want to get swallowed. I knew the crowd was coming. Right. And they came, and they came hard. and it was it was really dense, but they did a great job with the confetti. Oh, yeah, uh, I thought that was that was really nice. the The amount of confetti shooting it off multiple times, really giving it that atmosphere. And uh, you know, the players shook hands as as they should have. and, and yeah, and then and then the goal was just to make it to the podium at that point and and fighting through the crowds and. It was such an amazing vibe in there.
0: Yeah, and one of the things I didn't know that they had until you mentioned it was the uh, the Times Union, the, the, the faux Times Unions that were printed up. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, based, uh, what was what, what was the headline? Empire dominant, like the Empire triumph. Yeah, Empire triumph or Empire dominant. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, one of the things I saw too was it somebody in the game threw fake money. Uh, I think I remember that. Yeah, I, so I saw it too, on. but it was like. Um, but I mean, for, for, this crowd, everybody stayed, nobody left, you know, for, this is something that, that the city has been waiting for, for 10 years, uh, sorry, for 20 years for another champ, another arena football league championship. And obviously the, the empire were able to, um, you know, they're able to, to, uh, fin- you know, finish their unfinished business from last year. So it's, I mean, John, uh, what any emotions when you, when we got to the end of the game, saw what you did and, and. Saw that the the uh, that this fan base in Albany are, were now champions again for the second time.
2: Well, I was happy to see it for the fan base, especially as well. I mean, as well as the team, players, staff, the whole organization, because this season really it, it would have been a shocker if the all uh, if the Empire would have lost, in my opinion. So I'm I'm happy they got what they deserved. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, Dan Rodovar, he. Uh, he had a, he had a good game.
0: He threw for 300 yards. Uh, that one pick that he had though was was uh, was a costly one. Uh, B.J. Bund came very close. He, he was within uh, 60 yards, <laughs> 60 yards of uh, of tying or breaking Eddie Brown's uh, Arena Bowl record. But uh, 10 receptions for him. Um, Quentin Sims four TDs total. Uh, Tommy Grady I would say a mediocre game. I mean, only 200 yards and five touchdowns um but what you also you can't forget by the way and and i'm sure ben you noticed this and I, I don't know how how you saw this john uh but tevin homer was an absolute beast during this game i think he was paired up against uh um he was paired he was uh, on prince yeah he was there yeah paired up against, it was six prince. on six yeah he was paired up against prince and it was just what a game he just had yeah. an absolute monster game um his 11 tackles came close uh, sorry 11 and a half tackles came close to uh to tying the the record the arena bowl record because off by just half uh by half a tackle. Um when it came to the awards, uh there may be a little some contention here. I'm curious to know what you guys think about this. Uh the defensive player of the year, uh sorry, player of the game with Demoris Leggett, no surprise. Uh his kickoff return, his sorry his pick his pick six and his fumble recovery, um, well deserved for that for him getting that award. Um Tommy Grady gets the MVP and Quentin Sims gets the offensive player of the game. What is your thought on those two awards, John?
2: Uh, I'm curious about Tommy Grady, but I think Super Saiyan Sims, uh, (laughs) he deserves deserves one of those two awards for sure. Ben?
1: Yeah, I I don't know. It's interesting. I think Sims did a lot in this game. I mean, and he did, he did it with yak, you know, he, yeah, he had that yeah. huge, I think it was like a 20 yard touchdown where it was just all Sims. I mean, uh, get oh, it to the, the
2: stiff arm. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, He <laughs> oh, posterized man. him. I mean, and he absolutely like broke off three defenders yeah. before the stiff yeah. arm. Yeah. I mean, and that's like,
1: to me, an MVP moment, yeah. but I, I do think there is something to say about Tommy Grady, protecting the ball, being the, the rock, um, and he, you know, he got it to, he got it to the guys that, that needed to get it when they needed to get it. And by the way, uh, Tim, I know you're a big stat guy. Wasn't Malachi Jones the longest streak, active streak of uh, playoff touchdowns? No. Who was? Or who is? Is it Hills? It's Hills at 12. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. He had way more. He's the current active. Yeah.
0: He's the current yeah. active. Yeah. I was, I, I was about to say, uh, Malachi was, I mean, he still had a 84 yards, but not a single touchdown. Yeah, that was, I mean, that was just kind of sad to see, but true. But if you think about it, the way he's been going for most of the second half of the season, Sims yes. has been
1: hot. It was very much what we've come to see from the Empire uh, in the second half of the year. I mean, it was it's the Sim show. Um, it's, it's Colin Taylor, unfortunately, not getting any action. And it's Malachi being slightly reduced. Exactly.
0: Now, to, to my point, I honestly think that Quentin should have gotten the uh, should have gotten the MVP. I
1: think I agree.
0: I, I really do. I think I would have been happy with Tommy getting the sure. offensive I- MB, the offensive player of the, of the game. But yeah, Quentin Quentin should have gotten MVP because I, I understand. Yes, I get it. At quarterback, you know, quarterback has to see the players, has to run the plays, has to get it to the receivers so they can score these touchdowns. But just his stats alone, man, I think I really think Q should have gotten it. Um, but I, I, as I said, Morris Leggett, well deserved for a guy that came in. I think it was a game before the playoffs being signed by, by, the, by the Empire. Uh, you know, a guy had, hadn't played football in a few, and I
1: think it was a, a season or two uh, removed from the CFL. The, the guy just bowled. He really. Such an arena football thing to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like Prince winning Arena Bowl MVP after having played only two games in the playoff right. games. Yeah. As yeah. A, yeah. Literally as a rookie. I mean, this is a league where stuff like that can happen. And it was just another one of those great stories. Yeah.
0: Um, but uh, post-game, I mean, after that, we saw what your footage, Ben, and we'll talk about it. By the way, we were talking about that stiff arm. You're in a great angle to get that stiff arm. Oh,
1: yeah. I was very nervous about angles the entire game. It's a very difficult stadium to navigate. There's a, so many people. No place for media. Uh, thankfully, yeah. Jordan gave me a uh, – all access like team pass. Nice, nice. When the game started, uh, all the media had regular media badges, and security guards were like, "We have a new boss." Unfortunately, no one can go anywhere, and I was like, "Well, god damn, what the hell am I supposed to do?" So I just, I just asked Jordan. He gave me this pass, so I was able to, you know, navigate a little bit better. So I was able to get in a great position for that touchdown. That was just an amazing moment. Yeah, yeah,
0: it was. Um, now uh, we have to at least talk about it. Um, there, you know, you could tell near the end of the game that there were some some people, some, oh. some players were a little frustrated. That was crazy. That went for, first. I think it was Prince uh, trying to play uh, high-lie off whoever's helmet that was with his with the ball after after the uh, I think it was the failed fourth down catch. Um, and
1: then James Romaine. What the what, Ben? I mean, from where I was standing. it it was dj stevens through the biggest haymaker i've seen on the field (laughs) and and he didn't get ejected i mean i thought i thought it was cool that he got ejected no he didn't yes and i thought both stevens and yeah yeah both of them because they well he didn't i mean he didn't leave the game i could have sworn i mean i was next to him at that right after it happened and he was in the game still really I mean, I don't know whether they announced it, but I didn't hear any ejections announced. Maybe I'm wrong, but they definitely didn't leave. <laughs> and after, what about I Romaine? mean, the refs really didn't do much to get in the way of anyone, as we've already sort of seen this season. The refs don't <laughs> intervene because it's you know maybe it's because it's the AFL and they don't want to for whatever they're getting paid they don't want to risk their lives. But so, so uh, you're saying remains the only one who got ejected? Possibly, I, I didn't see Roe right after that, but I, I was right next to Stevens. I mean, he was hyping up the crowd. He was right next to me, and what he the hell? Discerned I'll, I'll have the to go eject. back
0: and listen he to. He threw it. a
1: huge punch. Actually,
0: John, what did you hear? Because I think you may have heard the call. did they? I thought they said both players were
2: ejected. I don't even remember seeing that on TV. Because I remember the fight, and then I remember I them. Call- me, and, me and Ben are in the same boat right really? now. Really? Because I, I remember. Possibly? Yeah, I remember no. them
0: calling both penalties, and they said they were offsetting, and then I could swear. The ref goes both players have been ejected. Because once the fight occurred, we've seen it over the past couple of weeks where you know if he throws the flag and he does the you know, the old umpire you're out symbol, you know there's gonna be a player ejected. Well,
1: maybe there was just a general vibe where yeah, maybe you don't have, I'll have to be it. No, I have to
0: go back and watch <laughs> it because 'Cause I'm I mean nobody enforced it, certainly. Oh, wow, I'm very curious. Very gets very and if that's the case of both were ejected and Steven still can continue to play.
1: Well, the, uh, remember this came at a point where they were just kneeling down the basically the next play. No. So No, 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 no. This was This bit, was with a minute left. Was that with only a minute left I mean, Yeah,
0: it was right at the end of the game. I mean, it was unfortunate a, know, timing because I know there was a kerfuffle also at the at the uh at the uh empire bench.
1: Yes, that was right after that.
0: Yeah, something yeah, something was said, one player, I think one player went after another or, or a coach just I think the players said something. I'll have to go back and watch it. I'm very curious. But, uh, I mean, obviously in the heat of the moment, they they were just frustrated. I mean, it, it just didn't – nothing seemed to go right. And even talking to, to Dan Roddivall after the game, um, he even said himself. He said, you know, they didn't do what they needed to do. You know, they could have tried some different plays, but they didn't. It's just they weren't able to get anything going. So it's uh, – I, I don't know. Um, now, I know, Ben, you had to leave right away. Um very close to being right away because I know you guys had to get back. But um, what heading back to the heading back to the hotel? Uh, what what vibes did you get? Any players any fans that were leaving or anything like that? What uh, besides being soaked in champagne? What what else? Well, what yeah, else were you I thinking think that
1: about? was the the highlight of that yeah. ending. I mean. <laughs> Being in the locker room, you know, everybody opening the champagne, players trickling in slowly. It was very hard for players to get off of the field. Yes, I know. <laughs> and, 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 and like fans were blocking everyone's exit. Yeah, so yeah, eventually yeah. everyone got in the locker room and yeah. then everyone was just going crazy. I mean, it, it was exactly like, you know, Washington and Philly the last two years. Okay. Just. Everyone's on their phones, recording. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. Sh- pouring champagne on everybody. You know, when Keith comes in, everyone went nuts. Then yeah. he was interviewed for that news station. Everyone poured champagne oh, yeah, on the yeah, yeah. interviewer's
0: head. One player, uh, I think, when I got on the field or right before I came on the field, one player actually came out and had had one of the bottles and started spraying whatever fans were there. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah,
1: yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things when you're in that when you're in that locker room after after an Arena Bowl win, whoever's in that locker room is is part of the celebration. Yeah. I mean, if you're in there, someone's going to pour champagne on your head. You know, players are pouring champagne to my mouth. It was, it was like, it was just an absolutely amazing experience. And uh, And after the game, yeah, just walking back soaked. Unfortunately, I ran into a bunch of Philly fans on the way back, okay. so I felt really bad. Okay. And I was wearing and you had your, champion, your championship shirt that you had been getting. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, sort of covering my soaked fifty-yard dash shirt. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, going back, we at least have to mention
0: it now because you know with with the with the teaser that the league put out uh, at ten o'clock that morning about the new trophy, which ended up being a new belt. Um, it was uh, you know with the with the. Uh, with the ceremony giving the trophies and whatnot, they did unveil kinda a new Arena Ball trophy. <laughs> kinda. It looked to be the same trophy as the, the the mini Foster one that they've been having over the last couple of years, except they changed the color of the base and they changed the, the AFL logo where the old one used to be. Um, but then the other then the new belt was unveiled. Um I didn't get to see. I only got to see some stuff later on it, Ben, and I, I don't know what you saw of it on, on TV, John. But um, I know the thing is heavy because I know John Adams was saying that thing was just absolutely massive. <laughs> um, but what was your thought? Because the way they did it, guys, with the uh, with the presentation, it was like you know they give him the the trophy itself. They give him the trophy, and then. They say, and we have another surprise. And for a coach, Keith, I'm like, oh, wait a right, minute. Right, right, right. It made absolutely. Now, the, the trophy's cool. Okay. It, it's unique. I'm still an AFL purist, but it is unique, the, the belt, having especially all the plates on it, and whatnot. But what was the point of this well, new secondary? I, I, think I, an okay. I think I have an answer for okay, that. I think I have an answer
1: for that. So. When they first announced it, I i mean, I was basically with you, I think. Um, and, John, I'm sure y- your reaction was pretty similar. It was just like, what, what why? <laughs> you know, like, what is this for? Yeah. This is kind of just weird. You know, the AFL already has sort of a reputation from people who don't understand the league that it's fake or, like, wrestling or something weird. So, like, it doesn't really help that it's a wrestling belt. And I thought it was kind of stupid, honestly. But I'm happy to admit that I was completely wrong because when the belt came out, everyone was – freaking out over the belt. Oh, really? I mean, the players were all trading it. Everyone was putting it on. Everyone was taking videos with the belt. Everyone was hoisting it up. You know, it was almost, you know, the trophy was great. Sure, you can drink champagne out of the top of the trophy, you know. But the belt was just like the hero of the of the post-game celebration for some reason. And it was in that moment that I just realized this is just a fun thing. Like, sometimes it's okay just to have a fun thing that just, you know, the players freak out over. I thought it was a little bit weird that they gave it to Keith. Yeah. Keith, do anything with the belt, uh, but I guess they did that because Keith is a very fiery guy, and they just thought he would be deserving. I thought it was maybe in that moment going to go to Grady, and maybe that was like the MVP belt or something. That would have been cool. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it was just sort of a random accessory, and it was weird they didn't explain it at all. But. Uh, it ended up just being a really fun thing, yeah. John. What was your What was your thought? Obviously, you saw the the teaser
0: when it showed what 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 this new thing was, and then how that they how they announced it and
2: gave it out. What was your thoughts? So my initial thought was like, "Come on, really?" But I think that I like what Ben says. I kind of agree with it. It's a fun thing, and I think that it gives it more opportunity for a belt or a trophy to be passed around for more people to share the experience at one time uh more opportunity for for photos and publicity type stuff and i I think it's just kind of neat how the plates switch out for the team it's just like ben said it's just fun yeah
0: it's i'm just i'm just again i'm I want to know where this where in it's the, just a random concept. Yeah. Where in the scheme of the arena <laughs> ball trophy, this thing where this belt falls. I mean,
1: it's cool. I will admit it's cool. I mean, I think we were both an, we were all initially terrified that it was the trophy. Yes. Because they didn't explain that in any of the posts. No. And, and I was like. What
0: the hell? Well, and then we saw something something that ran and like somebody asked a question, and the league actually put up. Yeah, the
1: league commented, no, there will still be a trophy. There'll still be a trophy.
0: And I was thinking, then I saw the trophy come out and said, okay, it looks like they changed the, the logo on it. And, but
1: uh, I, I
0: thought, you know, I, I was getting hints from everybody during the day and they were being very coy about it. And, you know, I think one of the, one of the comments from the commission was, uh, well, uh, this was at Media Day. He goes, well, you can drink out of it, but you'll kind of need a garbage bag. So I was.
1: That's I, hilarious. I, actually,
0: but it was like you know, and uh, Elizabeth, who's the the, uh, the league media director, who I met for the first time this year uh, at that the media day. Uh, it was great meeting her, by the way. Uh, she's been coy too about it. And I was like, I look at it again. It's I want to know where this falls because as everybody knows, you watch college football. It's either the defensive. What do they call defensive change or whatever it is, or it's a belt. You know, uh, uh, whatever they're using, it, and they they'll bring out the belt when they make a great defensive play. Uh, on the sidelines right. for NCAA, um, I, I don't know where this falls. I, I, I think it's
1: just a fun thing. Yeah, I do Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, we did find out by the way because I'd asked the uh, uh, the commissioner before uh, at media day who made the belt uh, or made the new trophy. Later, later, later on, I did. He wasn't sure. actually John Adams, and he said he wasn't sure. We did find out because they did tweet it themselves, which is they tweeted out a pretty good picture. Um, it's made by uh, Top Rope Belts. Uh, they're out of North Carolina, Lexington, North Carolina. Mm-hmm and uh uh we're gonna try and find out just it's just an expansion clue that's the only reason Um, but probably both references um city and state um but yep uh,
1: yep yep but we're
0: gonna try to find out uh, a little bit more on the production and and the design of it and uh how how the manufacturing process went so uh if we get that during the off season we'll we'll send it out as a a one-off special um but uh but uh, afterwards, um, Ben, I know you had to – again, as I said before, I know you had to leave early because you wanted to head home uh, because uh, uh, the girlfriend had to be, unfortunately, at work early. Um, what was uh, – any any particular chat that you guys had while driving
1: uh, about the – I basically had to go into full sicko mode on the edit. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you which know, we'll talk about I, here the, in a minute too, yeah. Yeah, part of the yeah. – Part of the rush was also just like I had to start working on the film because I had to get it out and uh, ended up getting it out within 24 hours, which I've never done and was just kind of insane thing to try to do. But I'm glad I did it. It was nice to have the film out the the night after the game. Yes. I thought that just people are still talking about the AFL. Yes. You know, it's a good time yes. to get it out while it's still hype. Yeah. and And it looked good. Well, uh, I was, yeah. I mean, you did a good job as usual. You did very good. It's a job. very, hard, it was a very hard place to film, <laughs> like I was saying. But so I was super nervous about that going in. I was like, Albany, I never get good stuff at Albany just because there's so many people. Not not the fault of the team or anything. It's just, it's so crowded. Right. Um. But thankfully, I think we, we got most of the moments. And uh, the, you were with me, Tim, basically when the Sports Center thing happened yeah. before the game. Yeah. I mean, that was. You know, I, I, like- I never got to see it, so So, think, so you'll have to
0: because what Ben's talking about is that uh, during the replays that they did that morning uh, from, uh, uh, from Sports Center is that they actually played a, a, a sort of a, uh, a, a promo on, uh, on Malachi Jones and a lot of it was what Ben had already shot. So what,
1: any, can you expand any more on what I just said? Because I said I really didn't see it. So Yeah, it was basically so when the AFL licensed the Empire State and Malachi from me, um, I didn't quite know what they were going to use it for. And they were basically saying, we just need content. And, you know, we, we want to use your stuff. Is that cool? And, and we did a deal and, and, you know, did a little contract. And, and I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen with it. And then they did tell me it was going to be used for halftime, of the first two playoff games. So the Empire State and Malachi short films in sort of truncated versions, uh, like four-minute versions, aired uh, at both of those halftimes. And I was like, oh, wow, that was amazing. Okay, yeah. that was yeah. so cool. And then, you know, I wake up the day of the game, the day of the Arena Bowl, and I'm getting messages and I'm seeing stories on Instagram, like, dude, like the Malachi thing's airing on Center!" Like, SportsCenter literally introed it uh, you know we've got a, you know we've got this this amazing player that's going to be playing tonight. You know here's a little uh, piece about him, and they basically aired it as if it was an ESPN segment, oh. like they fully licensed it as if it was something that ESPN produced, which is awesome. I mean that's yes. what ESPN does. Yeah, and uh, I swear, I mean you you were with me right after that. I yeah. was just like in disbelief. I mean I, I was floating. I couldn't believe it. It, it. After all these years of shooting the AFL and working around the AFL. For all this stuff to happen, you know, in a three-week condensed period, I can't really describe what it feels like. It's it's so gratifying, and then after all that had happened, and I was just like so pumped about that the Sports Center thing, you know, the game is about to start, the players are about to run out in the field, and they play the friggin' Empire State uh, <laughs> cut down as the hype film for the Arena Bowl yeah. before the players come out. And so everybody's looking up at the scoreboard, and they're playing the film, and it's the shots that I got last year. And I mean, it it was just. And and then I looked on Instagram later, or sorry, I looked on Twitter later. And John and I, before the show, were talking about how you know the AFL juiced up their Twitter a lot in the playoffs and got a lot more content. And but some of it is total; it's totally hit or miss. If stuff's getting views or likes, it, it's almost no rhyme or reason to it. And I think because the AFL was on ESPN or something or people were rushing to the account, two of the videos they posted of mine, which were older videos that had the 50 yard Dash logo on them, right, g- got 150,000 views Oh, each. my God. Each. That's amazing. And we're talking previous videos they'd posted had less than 1,000, maybe 1,000, 2,000, 150,000 each on these videos. So in one day... Basically, it was the most, uh, the biggest audience I'd ever reached in a single day. Just in, in making this stuff, and and I know it's a very like personal thing, and uh, not to be like selfish hogging airtime talking no, about. No, you're not. You're not. I just I can't explain how much this means to me, and it's just made the ending of this season so perfect. you were you were feeling like you're feeling like Giancarlo was basically. Yeah, basically. Right. I mean, I was I was just in awe, and and I you know I'm just gonna walk away from this feeling. Very proud that all this work that I put in over the years actually paid off. And honestly, I never expected it. So even I'm just thrilled. Even for me, right before the beginning of the game,
0: even though where I was sitting in media row, you know, I, still, I had the banners basically right in, the, right in my line of eyesight for, for the scoreboard. But, oh, yeah. I, but I saw it come on. So I tried to duck down as much as I could. I said, <laughs> I, I, said I still got to watch this. I, have, I may have seen it you know, more, than, more times than, I, than many people may have. But I said, I have to watch this one more time. I have to watch it, it more of my time because – and, and it was perfect. Perfect hype. Perfect hype for the game.
1: Yeah, it played uh, – like I never really looked at it as a scoreboard kind of film, but it really worked for what the tone they were setting was. And then Eddie Brown comes running oh, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just like, oh, that's perfect. I mean they, they basically cut from Eddie Brown's interview in the film to him running out on the field first in a Malachi Jones jersey, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, man, that was, that was special. Well, it was perfect.
0: Cause it was also the hype on, on the city of
1: Albany and their history. Right, yeah. right, right. It was, that's, that's what that film was focused yeah, yeah, exactly on. So, so. worked I, for the event.
0: Um, I know John, you didn't, I, what did you take away from the broadcast? Because obviously you were the one who's able to see the broadcast. You saw the halftime show. I wanted you to comment on that if you could. Um, what, what stood out to you from the, from the broadcast point of view?
2: That it was very well put together and it looked like an absolute culmination of all the other broadcasts put together and just like a masterpiece. Um, I enjoyed that we had Cedric on for you know the final game and Mita Perel. We had um, Meredith Gorman yeah. and, JJ. and and yeah JJ. Ratterink. I like that they ran to sideline uh for this game so that we could have accurate coverage of both albany and philadelphia from from the benches yeah and it it just it was real smooth there were very little issues uh with audio or video the feed was was good i i mean i can't complain i think it was the most well produced game from a like a game day ops perspective that we've had all season nice um
0: uh i i do know um, that there was going to be, at the beginning of the game, I was speaking to Sed, and I said, you know, we know with Giancarlo being there, I said, um, what's, you know, this is good press for the league, uh, et cetera, et cetera, with Giancarlo coming to his first game, being at Arena Bowl, what, what do you think that we could, they could do a spot, or, they, or did they think of doing a spot, and Sed's reaction immediately was, well, and he does his points behind him, he goes, well, you'll have to ask my boss. So the producer, I guess the producer was right behind him, and it all started from there. So th- him and Scott set something up, and, and Meredith uh, to set something up um, to possibly do a, a hit with, uh, with with him during the game. But they they never had a an actual block that they were able to to in order to, to bring him in and to do to talk to him. So I am glad they at least entertained the idea. that that was the cool thing too. Um, any of you have any issues, by the way, with the league uh, with the AFL Network uh, graphics being shown for ESPN rather than uh, rather than? The-
1: I, I don't I don't think I love it. Um, it's a it's weird. I mean, if you're watching ESPN, you're expecting to see ESPN graphics packages. Right. Uh, and it was also, it was a little strange because there were some ESPN folks that were broadcasting from. I, I guess they were just additional crew okay. that ESPN sent. But I do. I think it was a little weird seeing the the AFL's branded score bug there. Well, it's also too that said and John and the uh, the
0: sideline reporters all had ESPN polos on too.
1: Right, I like that. Yeah. They uniformed them nicely. Yeah,
0: yeah. John, I mean, did you, you have an issue? I mean, we've seen the the graphics all year, but do you think that you were going to be seeing the uh, the ESPN ESPN graphics rather than the AFL Network graphics?
2: You know, I I thought I would have. And I don't have an issue per se, but it, more a little confusing about how it was mixed up, so to speak, with the the polos and the AFL graphics. Yeah. Um, final thoughts, guys. Um, just wh- whatever you
0: guys want to say about the game, about the experience from what you saw on TV. Obviously, again, John, we we want we we want to be a trio again next year, wherever we're going to be. Again, as
1: we put off the top of the show, we, we missed you, bud. So. Yeah, the the bad boys of AFL podcasting were, were one brother short. Yeah, but um, in terms of just the overall takeaway, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I do wish it was a little bit closer of a game. Yeah. But it's, it's a small bone to pick for what I think was the perfect ending for the AFL's season. They talked about, uh, I believe it was Jaws, or maybe it was Bo in Media Day talking about how they expected this arena bowl to be the page turning moment for the league and yeah. that there's 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 gonna be a point where the AFL turns and looks like a successful product again. And when you look at how this event was staged, when you look at where it was staged in this place of great history, respecting that history of the AFL, forging a path for the future in a Stadium with over 12,000 people in a city that truly cares and has cared for so many years. I I can't think of a more fitting ending to what was a really, really great comeback season for the AFL in painting a very bright future ahead. Yeah. John?
2: Yeah, just a phenomenal season. Successful Arena Bowl. Successful business model. Everything this, this year has been great for the league i think there's been nothing but growth i'm and you know from a perspective of of us i mean we've had great success as well with arena fan afl tonight 50 yard dash my photos i I mean it's been a great season guys i i don't think that it could have gone much better yeah
0: uh also we wanted to mention too that um today it did come out that the not the final uh the final ratings but uh the the ratings did come out from the nielsens for the game on on sunday uh it was uh the game between the, the soul and the empire on espn2 espn2 averaged 243,000 people uh once we do get the final ratings we'll go ahead and make sure that we send them out on social um good uh, a good amount guys as far as numbers wise and considering what they were going up against on uh, another Philly team was playing on ESPN that night
1: i think it was a great that's a that's a very good rating for the AFL uh, yeah. especially because not you know not very much promotion despite i really liked that ESPN had a bug the whole game or sorry the whole day on their bottom line about the the game yep. coming up that was nice yep. but generally just not much promotion uh you know that rating is all about people landing on the channel, saying "What is this and staying that's what ESPN strategy is for a lot of these uh you know tertiary sports they air, and so I think that's a really good rating, yeah, I think so and also being on e s p n two uh
0: made it, uh, it probably was a little bit lower than what it would normally have been, i think but i'm 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 pretty i'm pretty happy with those numbers, considering you know uh, all the all the press that that you know the hype that we got to set as you said on the score bug uh or on the bottom line with the scores um on the uh the thing on sports center that thing too and and it's just yeah uh, it's you know could the league couldn't ask for more and if it
1: leads some more games on on the ESPN family hey why not you know yeah that that's a, i think one of the biggest things about this this uh rating that that the AFL put up is that it really does present you with a, why not? Why wouldn't ESPN want this it, if they have a gap in programming? I mean, they were airing fricking, um, what was it? Cornhole or Championship something? Championship cornhole. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, the AFL is a better product than that, whatever that is. <laughs> you know, it was it, in the ratings gotten...
0: too, by the way, just to let you know. Yes, it was better than it. that in the ratings also. So it did
1: better than cornhole. Oh oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah.
1: All right. Thank God. Yeah, so thank that's, yeah, that's thank that's God. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean that—that's what I'm. That's what I mean. It's like the AFL. If this—if this is the direction of ESPN, which we all know is struggling a little bit, then why wouldn't they, you know, go all in and, and air maybe a game of the week or something like right. they used to? I mean, I'd be—I'd be down for it.
2: Yeah. Uh, John, I mean, good number. Good number. Yeah. And yeah, I'd like to see a game of the week too, especially when we we talk about having you know, four, four or five games every weekend now instead of just two or three. Right.
0: Uh, the only thing that really wasn't talked about was expansion, and as we mentioned before, I mean, there really isn't much to talk about. It's still being hinted on what cities may, how many, and, and whatever, but I think one of the we, weirdest things that happened over the weekend was that uh, all of a sudden the uh, Cleveland Gladiators uh, webpage sort of became alive again, and they updated the logo uh, with
1: you that know, was amazing
0: with the you know their site with the new team logo uh, with the, sorry with the new league logo. Um, st- obviously, still didn't get any any real concrete answers from the executive, which I understand. Um, so we're expecting a, an announcement shortly, whatever that means. Because as we mentioned last year, we usually hate the first month within the Arena Football League off season because you don't hear anything. If we're able to hear something within four weeks, guys, I'll be more than happy. Absolutely. So especially, especially trying to find out where we're where we're going next. Where are we going next? Where's Ben gonna get to shoot next? Where's John gonna get, <laughs> get to get, get to shoot next? You know,
1: it's uh it, Yeah, it's, when it, when's the next boys' trip? Yeah, exactly. So Columbus cost me like a thousand dollars, maybe somewhere that's easier to fly to. I not just don't oh, know. Is that what there. it cost you? That's wild. it was a lot. I don't know, maybe it wasn't a thousand, but it was, you know, that hotel, the flight was really expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to go back. I loved Columbus, but yes, yeah. yeah, was, yeah very, I agree with you. I
0: didn't. I was basically there for 24 hours. Yeah. So, uh, as mentioned before, we finish up the show. As mentioned, as as we had talked about before, uh, Giancarlo was here uh, with the help of you, the fans, who are able to to give so generously to his GoFundMe that we started last year for him. Um, he wanted to make sure that. He was uh, that he could leave a message to you, the fans. And thanks to Scott, uh, Scott Napier, who was we we're with Giancarlo on the field after the game. Uh, he was we were able to get a, a, a message from him, and I want to go ahead and play that for you now before we finish up. What's your what's your final word for Arena Bowl Thirty Two?
2: Let me see. Incredibile. Yeah. Incredibile e così emozionante. I I can't find the the word in English. It's better in Italian. It's
1: fantastico. You have to try it. It's uh, fantastic. Uh, And one last word. Grazie. Thank you so much uh,
0: to you, friends. Really, really, from my heart. Thank you so much. I I don't think it's any better said. Uh, we, We loved having here, Giancarlo again as i said at the show uh, close to the top of the show we we want uh, we'd love to see you back you know d- just just not another 29 years man just not another 29 years <laughs> um guys um off season why yikes hopefully we'll have some one-off show, <laughs> one-off shows during the uh, during the off season as as we mentioned before but um any any plans for the off season band i mean i know you're you won't be uh, shooting as much for by the way uh, John, you didn't hear this. One of the funniest damn things, John, that Ben pointed out when we were shopping over with the Rite, uh, Rite Aid, we come, we we're looking for something. I think they're looking for snacks to go back, and just randomly we come across one of the one of the rows for a scene on TV. Ben, <laughs> ben goes, look, I shot that photo. I shot that photo. I was like, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> it's, uh-huh. I see those things in stores.
2: That was, that was, uh, that was really the cool.
1: magic mesh, you know? The, oh the yeah. I've blankets, seen,
2: yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, all I, that thought, random, yeah, was, random stuff.
1: That was pretty epic. The ice genie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You know, the, the AFL has been, um, a difficult thing to balance overall. So I'm not relieved at all that the season's over. I absolutely love, love this season. Yeah. Um, and every every moment of it. But um, yeah, it'll be a little bit less stress now that I have, um, you know, I've got a lot of video productions currently in the mix. So that'll be my offseason. Plus, the NFL, you know, we never talk about the NFL. I don't even know if we've said that that those three letters in quite a while. But huge Broncos fan. Can't wait for Sundays. Oh, I know. What, what about you, John? Anything?
2: Yeah, I actually have uh, some work coming up with Phenom Elite. And I've got a side project I'm working on with Shady Ray's sunglasses right now, too. But, um, yeah, same with the NFL, man. Huge NFL fan, uh, diehard Washington Redskins. And I play fantasy football in a pretty brutal trash-talking league with some of my best friends. Um, and our draft is this coming weekend. Nice. So I've got that coming up. Uh,
0: for me, it is I'm still in CFL mode um, with the season about a quarter of the way through with my hometown hometown Alouettes. Uh, still doing the podcast thing for the Alouettes flight deck. Uh, Cheat plug. Um, to. Uh, uh, so I, I, I'm still doing those and it's keeping me busy. Um again yeah NFL's coming up too uh it's funny I think, uh we're all different we all like different teams in the NFL i'm a Steelers fan so i'm curious to know how the team can rebound from
1: from from the uh, from what they lost in the off season. Which, by the way, in yeah. that hotel room the night before the game, yeah. I think Tim Tim, you and I talked about the NFL for the first time. It's true, ever knowing each other. Yeah, I was like, are you? Do you even follow it? Every yeah. time we bring it up, you don't really say anything specific. No, you must not really care or yeah. something. I'm usually AFL this or CFL this. Nice to hear that you are a Steelers fan, yeah. and that is something everyone now knows. Yeah, yeah, everybody now knows that. So,
0: um, but yeah, that's my off season. But um, you know, I, again. Uh, I you know, I I meant mention it's we're almost 40, 40 shows in from from us from our trio starting um I hate the end of the season. I hate the end of the season, but the but the thing is we don't, you know, we may not be talking every Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh we're still talking no matter what, so it's I uh, I'm looking forward to the off season. Uh I'm looking forward to still talking about whatever pops up with the Arena League um and, expansion off season episode yes, just floating it out ex- there. Exactly. And uh as usual um. uh, if it weren't for you two, I I'd be talking to myself. So I could just that would be great. Prop, props to you guys again. Uh, everything is appreciated, and everything that you've done, and all the nights that you've given up. Uh, if you think about it, you've done more than forty hours talking to my sorry ass. Well, what is that? More? That's more like uh, 120, 80, to 120 <laughs>
1: hours because we've been going off this year. Hopefully, anyone you know, anyone who's listening is cr- still currently listening. Yeah. Uh, You know, we have been going long, but we just love this league. You know, we love to talk about this league. Yeah. And and Tim, thank you for being the you know bastion of AFL tonight, being the guy who who records, edits anything that needs to be edited out, posts it online uh, in all its different channels, and puts in that work and John and I obviously appreciate that too, and it's just I love you know I love you guys, and it's it's yeah. great to be doing this show. You know, back in the day I was just a listener, and now mm-hmm. to be talking into this microphone right now is just something special. Yeah,
0: yeah. Arena football family guys. Arena football family. More than just that, you know, it's more than just arena football family. It's it's friends off off the air. So that's the main thing. So. It's, um, I have to I again remind everybody uh, that we are on social media. You know where to find us: uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We put some great stuff up for for the playoffs. Uh, keep keeping you know keep in mind and, and keep watching us during the off season because we will have more information out there as soon as we can. Uh, also, don't forget if you want to listen to the uh, to the archive of AFL tonight, that you can do so by heading over to uh, to Google Play Music, over to. Um, uh, to Apple Podcast, you can listen to the last up to the last three shows over on SoundCloud, or you can head over to Spotify. So, gents, uh, end of the 2019 season, it, the Arena Bowl was a, a thing to remember. And as I, I ta- said to you guys and on social media, uh, this is for some reason this year has been the most memorable. I mean, even though it was my 12th Arena Bowl, uh, it was probably my most memorable. Um, maybe combination with Giancarlo being here, being caught
1: up in that hype. Um, But seeing the league back in form. I mean, there's something really amazing about that. You know, uh, we've been through it, Tim. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, to see it back on the upswing, it's, it makes it all the more special. Yeah.
0: And obviously we all want to give a shout out to you, the fans, if it weren't you, the fans for loving the league, for listening to the show, um, we wouldn't, we probably would not have been doing, I I wouldn't be doing the show for as long as we have. So it's, um it's always appreciated to have you listening to the show. Um so uh, last words of the year boys John you're first. Crap. <laughs> Not bad. Not, Not that's bad fantastic. at all.
1: That's fantastic. Ben? Are you bet? Uh well I I want my last word to be ooh So let me Okay, think. Well, it's very possible. Well, as I've been saying, it's it's you know another fantastic season for the AFL. Being back in the mix, feeling very optimistic about the future, having concrete expansion news coming, having players being paid fairly, having uh, fan bases growing, a new business model that hopefully becomes a sustainable way for the AFL to last for another 32 Arena Bowls or more. And uh, it's just been absolutely fantastic, you know, getting closer with the players, closer with the media, closer with everyone involved. As we've hammered home today, it's a family. (laughs) And certainly it gets stronger every year. So can't wait for the next one. And And my last words are for everybody here
0: at AFL tonight, for John Stark, for Ben Fratinelli, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the net.